mama, are you stuck, trapped, feeling like you just cannot find the answers no matter where you look? Mainstream advice is just not working anymore. You've searched everywhere and bought everything and you still feel like you and your kids are stuck in a grindy trap. Well, I am here to help you find solutions that integrate your kids into your life so it can feel flowy and easy and fun because I know that's available to all of us. Hello, I'm sitting here in my fancy recording studio which is actually my wardrobe. (laughs) Anyone else record in their wardrobe? It's a great space to sit. If you've seen my wardrobe, it's full of floral pretties. So that makes it feel slightly better to be suffocated in the wardrobe. (laughs) Um, I was going to talk today about false positive tiredness, uh, particularly in the way that it impacts children. But I think as I go through and talk about it, you will definitely see how it relates to you as a mother and as adults because I don't believe um, this is just about children we all react the same way so I had this interesting conversation with someone about how their child was always seemed exhausted after school really just like bone crippling exhausted but then when it came to bedtime the child had you know, this huge surge of energy and, um, yeah, just wanted to run around and go crazy. And we're kind of led to believe that post-school or post-activities uh, that our kids are exhausted, um, as well as ourselves, you know, like after work, we're exhausted. Let's sit on the couch and watch TV. Now, there's this it's sort of like what I call false positive like your kids aren't actually the type of tired that you think they are and neither are you usually which is why you would still have some trouble with sleeping soundly yourself um and children who don't sleep all night will have have more of these problems and I I have one child who's definitely more sensitive to these types of things so The reasoning, I think, behind why we display these extreme forms of tiredness when it's not actually true tiredness is the impact on the central nervous system in our body. Now, I am not a scientist and I am not a doctor, but my understanding of the central nervous system is that it affects the brain, the spinal cord, some of your organs and all of your nerves. Okay, and they are all attached to each other. Now, the way I learned about the central nervous system originally was not through taking care of children. It was actually through weightlifting. And um, even most predominant weightlifters or people that do CrossFit actually have very limited idea about the central nervous system and the recovery time that the central nervous system takes to rebuild itself. So there's certain... um, lifts that you can do that can take up to a week for your central nervous system to repair from. This is always why I say (laughs) 
is a side note, and I don't even know how many people would do CrossFit who actually listen to this, but two CrossFitters together (laughs) in a relationship do not always go so great. Like if you ever watch like any of the celebrity ones, like you basically can't have two people with constantly depleted central nervous systems in a functioning relationship. You need one of you to be like a coach or something who's not slaughtering themselves but anyway that's gone off the topic of children and on to another topic but (laughs) so when your children come home from school or when you come home from work what's happening and that fatigue that you're feeling at that point in time as you walk into the safety of your home is that basically like all of your nerves let's think of it like almost like goosebumps like all of your nerves are like standing up and in a stress-related response. Even the most well-adjusted and fully functioning child or adult is going to have had an impact to have been out of the home for so long and also the things they've experienced in that day. It could be one person who walks past them in the playground. It could be you know, the librarian, it could be anything really, really small and insignificant, or it could be the entirety of their day alone. Or there's a lot of research as well about how children leave the home more stressed um, than when they wake up. So is it the stressful morning that's setting off their central nervous system? But by the time they get home, it's basically fully depleted. And the reason we haven't really got fully in touch with this part of our central nervous system or even anyone really talks about it or any full understanding is because if we really understood this part of our body, we probably wouldn't make the same choices. You know, I think under the age of 12, many children would struggle with five days a week of a full day of school. And the impact that has on their central nervous system will at times lead the brain into doing other things that are maybe outside of the norm. Now, I'm not here to debate uh, neurodiversity at all. I'm here to bring light to the fact that if we do not heal our central nervous system pretty much daily, now a lot of that will be done through sleep. A lot of it also won't be. So, looking at screens and watching TV and generally laying around on the couch is not going to heal the central nervous system, unfortunately. And so that's why it's a bit of a false positive, right? Like we think we're doing good by letting our children rest and take care of themselves. And we also might think we're doing good by if we're like, okay, we'll only limit it to just like 30 minutes or an hour. And I've been I've been at fault of this thousands of times. Uh, You know, even at the moment, one of my kids has had a tummy bug and I'm like, okay, you can watch more TV. But basically, as soon as that TV's off, they're like lightning bolts. And that's because they've just sat in this space of passivity. I can't even say that word properly. And they're no, it's almost like you've made them brain dead. (laughs) That sounds terrible. For a pocket of time and then they come out and they have to be rebooted. The best way to know how children respond to TV is to watch a younger baby or a toddler 
and then when it turns off, like how their body and their mind respond, it's actually quite petrifying. Um, and, you know, this same advice actually applies to infants as well. It, it, ba- infants basically need their central nervous system in some way to be utilised. So like all of their nerves and all of their brain and everything connected the same way. They need that central nervous system depleted as well. We all need some level of depletion, but we also need to repair the depletion. And how do we repair the depletion is the part that I was hoping to talk about at the end here. And I really would hope that as mothers, we've started to see the true impact of screens and TVs. And I'm not talking here from some godly gospel space. All of my older kids have iPads. They've all watched a couple of hours of TV today. While I had to do some work, I I didn't really have a choice. I don't have any childcare options. That was my babysitter today. And, you know, it's certainly not ideal. I'm going to have to make up for that at some point by going and spending several hours outside. It's not a perfect system. And I don't think I'm living the same system as many others either. But if your kids are coming home from school and you're coming home from work and you're just sitting down and doing nothing, And then we've got the other extreme of going and doing multiple activities, which is again impacting, like it's depleting the central nervous system. It's not going to be rebuilding it because organised activities have so much structure and so many rules. It is a form of stress again. So let's look at things that are forms of stress. So what we're wanting to do after school is reduce the forms of stress and rebuild the central nervous system of our children, of our babies, of everybody, uh, depending on what they've gone through. And there is a multitude of ways that we can repair that. It's just not going to be through screens and organised things. So the ways that I would normally look at uh, repairing these things would be to get as much sunshine as possible and I know that in many other parts of the world they can go through long pockets of time without any sunshine at all but I would still say being outside, being in the fresh air, uh, being with nature, avoiding playgrounds which again are the same types of rules. I haven't talked a lot about playgrounds but they do not help strengthen and build the muscles, they uh, actually teach the same patterned conditioning so ideally you're wanting your child to be experiencing a really huge variety of spaces so when they get in the car a lovely lady sent me a message sent the other day saying uh, they went and jumped off the jetty at the beach Um, it doesn't actually have to be for as long as you think it does it just has to be something You know, if you've got a baby or a toddler, normally with a baby, I would say a baby needs to have at least one nap outside, Um, at least, and a good decent one too in the pram or somewhere like that, and then a good play on a rug outside. Uh, A toddler needs a lot of outside time and, like, ideally, 
in a perfect world, no screen time, but I know that that's not always possible in all homes, especially for us mamas who are working from home and have our children here with us all the time. It is a major juggle and it's something I'm still learning about 11 years later. Uh, When your older kids are coming home from school, I would look at going for a walk. If my kids are in a bad state, and sometimes they are after activities or experiences, and I can't get through to them, I usually, I wouldn't say I have a huge amount of success getting through to them at home. My rule is we just walk. And we don't really have any rules, we just go. And we walk until everyone can talk. And sometimes that's a really long time. Sometimes that's like an hour. Sometimes it's 90 minutes. And then the next aim of the game after that is to cook cooperatively together. I think this is vastly underestimated in the home and the value that it brings. So generally I'll find when we're cooking together, my kids will eat all of their veggies before we've even started dinner which I'm perfectly happy with, and they might eat a little bit of protein and carbs for dinner. Sometimes we get to the table and they're not even hungry anymore because they've eaten as we've cooked. And I am so okay with that. We are not in the 1960s anymore. We are not needing to sit down like the Brady Bunch, although there are definitely times where we do that and look like that. But for now, we're keeping it at just whatever flows and whatever feels really good to us as people. And... This this allows me the most forms of grace and connection. So spending some time outside, cooking together because food is supposed to be shared. And then usually I'd find either some reading together or just some doing a puzzle, playing a game, just chilling out in general. Sometimes we'll just water the garden and we'll potter about. Sometimes we'll listen to an audio book. There's just a multitude of things that we can do to rebuild. And then you'll find once you've done a couple of things, like a walk or a bounce on the trampoline or a swim, and then you've cooked together and then you've read together, The repairing of that fracturedness from in the internal state for the child and the mother comes back really quickly. And the more you do these types of things together, the quicker you'll notice the changes. It's it's quite profound, (laughs) actually. You know, the more patterning we put in place, the more value we can bring to everyone. So these are just some quick tips. I don't want my podcasts to go for ages because I really don't want you to spend a lot of your time listening to me. I want you to spend a lot of your time living your life, your absolute best, fullest, most beautiful life and not on a screen. So I hope this helps, gives you some tips about how to rebuild yours and your children's central nervous systems after a day and the false positive Pulse uh, there, I can't speak anymore, and I'm not going to be good enough to edit that out. Sorry, <laughs> false positivity of tiredness like a lot of those tired signs are not real, and so once you start to see past them and see what they actually mean, then you can do something 
And at first, especially if you've got children between the ages of 9 and 15, they are going to resist you, like pulling teeth. No, I'm not going anywhere. I just want to sit on the couch. I just want to sit on the couch. And you're just going to lead the way. Sometimes you might have to leave a kid behind or obviously in a safe way. (laughs) Or sometimes you might have to make a different choice. Sometimes you might just go and put buckets outside filled with water and stick your feet in them. It's just making a start towards a positive change of rebuilding those nerves and really working on everyone's internal safety mechanisms. And what you'll find over time is that your kids will come home and and get ready for their walk. They'll come home and they'll talk about what you're going to make for dinner. It's all available to us all the time. So sending you so much love and so much capacity to know that you can build more than what you currently have.